It is with a spirit of thanksgiving that we bow our heads before you. Recognize, oh God, that it's not just praise that we give you, but our lives are a praise. Our lives are a testimony to your goodness and to your mercy. Oh God, everywhere we stand, everywhere we go, everything we overcome, everything we survive, every milestone we reach is a praise to your holy name. Now, oh God, would you help us? Help us, Father, to be open and receptive and most of all, responsive to your word. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. I prepare by faith. I'm going to preach by faith, but oh God, I need you to perform by faith. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope and my will be lost in thine. My prayer, oh God, is this, draw me nearer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All those who believe in agree, put your hands together right there. Come on, thank God right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah and amen. Amen. I would that you would open your Bibles this morning. Open your Bibles. Open your Bibles to Acts the 28th chapter. Acts the 28th chapter and preached this text before, but I thank God for fresh insight in a familiar space. Acts 28 chapter verses 1 through 6. Acts 28, 1 through 6. If you need more time, why don't you say, hold up, wait a minute. Amen, I hear you, I heard you. Amen. The book of the Acts of the Apostles, Acts the 28th chapter. Verses 1 through 6. Mm. I like that. Thank you, Lord. 1 through 6, we find these words recorded. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Now, when they had escaped, they then found out that their island was called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness. For they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire, and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would still swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. That song just said, deliver me. This morning I wanna preach with this thought in mind. Lord, Deliver me from my frenemies. Amen. You may take your seats. Deliver me from my frenemies. My brothers and my sisters, I once heard a saying that has stuck with me through many years of my life. Here it is. A lot of people can help you. A lot of people can't help you. But they show enough can hurt you. In an effort to prepare me for life, I learned early on that a lot of people in life can, can't help you, but they do have the capacity to hurt you. That, 
that, that one of the most critical things you can do as you grow in life is learn to be discerning about who and how close you allow others into your inner circle uh, to see how and who you are because a lot of people can't help you but they show enough can hurt you. I mean, if you look at it and properly categorize the people in your life, there are only three places they could be on one hand or the other extreme. You've got people who can rightly, you can rightly call friends, folks who are truthful and honest with you, folk who tell you what you need to hear even when you don't want to hear it, folk who've got your back even when you're wrong and will tell you you're wrong after. Folk who are rather die. They've proven themselves. These are not Johnny come lately's in your world. These are not fair weather friends. These are not folk that have been with you, or these are folk who have been with you through thick and thin and have proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that they have your best interest in mind. And when you get older in life, you will find that not everyone you meet in life fits that title. You can't call everybody your friend. As a matter of fact, you're doing well in life if you've got two or three people you can really count on when life is going wrong. If you've got two or three friends, you are blessed beyond measure. Now, church, that might make you a little bit sad this morning, but, but, but let me go ahead and tell you that you ought to rejoice because God has never put your destiny in the hands of a crowd. You never need to have a crowd of folk to be with you, uh, to be what God has called you to be. As a matter of fact, I double dog dare you to read through the life of Jesus and find out how many times Jesus had to get away from the crowd because the crowd could not help him fulfill the destiny that God has on his life. Listen, church, you only need two or three now. If you're here this morning and you think that you're overly blessed because you've got 12 friends, you've got 20 folk who like you. You've got 500 friends on Facebook. Allow me to tell you that more than likely you don't know how to define the word friend. You need to hang out in 1987 with a group called Houdini who taught us friends is a word we use every day. Most of the time we use it in the wrong way. Now you can look the word up again and again, but the dictionary doesn't know the meaning of friend. And if you ask me, you know I couldn't be much help because a friend, somebody, you judge for yourself. Some are okay and they treat you real cool, but some make mistake your kindness for being a fool. We like to be with some because they're funny. Others come around when they need some money. Some of you grew up with around the way and you're still real close to this very day. Homeboys through the summer with the spring and fall. And then there's some we wish we never knew at all. Yeah. Come on, y'all ain't that same. Y'all know a little something about who in the house. And, and here's what you also need to know, though it's hard to admit, is that everybody ain't your friend. Yeah. On one extreme, you've got friends. But this may be mind-blowing to some of you. You've also got enemies. This might blow your mind right now because you're trying to live safe and sanctified and you're being sweet as pie uh -uh, because, because you're trying to live the way God has called you to live. But I promise you right now, there's somebody in this world that don't like you. There's somebody who really wouldn't mind if you got laid off tomorrow. Somebody that, that, that would smile if you got to run in your pantyhose. Somebody that would not be angry if your boo broke up with you. There's somebody that just does not like you. And my friend, at the core of most 
supremacy over who and what you are. Here you are trying to figure out why folks don't like you and they are against you, baby. You ain't got to do nothing to have enemies. All you've got to do is to allow the Lord to put his hand on your life. And when God begins to answer prayer and God begins to bless you and God begins to push you forward, there are people who will hate you simply because the hand of God is on your life. Come on, I wish I had some Bible readers who knew that Psalm 23 declares that he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Wherever the Lord has prepared blessings, there are enemies who show up to sit and watch what God's doing in your life. Yeah, 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 that's real. You got friends, you got enemies, and then in between, you've got a group of associated folk. People who are loosely connected to your life. Folk who are not enough enemy to shut them out, but not enough friend to let them in. You, you know the folk that, 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 that you don't know enough about them to doubt them, but you do know enough about them to not trust them. Come on, talk to me here, Zion. Now those folk who tell, you'll tell some of your business too, but they can't get the uncensored version. Friend me is dangerous because they look like a friend, but they act like an enemy. Frenemies are the ones who can hurt you the most because they have an appearance that allows you to let down your guard only for them to get in your inner circle and find out you can't trust them, you can't count on them, and they will hurt you the first chance they get. I don't know who I'm talking to in here this morning, but you're glad you came to church this morning because every now and then God will take you through an orchestrated experience that is simply meant to open your eyes because you've got some people in the wrong categories. God says, I've got to take you through some things so you'll know that's not an enemy, that's not a friend, and that's not someone you can trust. God has a way of orchestrating experiences that grant revelation about the people in your life. That's what happens to Brother Paul. By the time you get to the end of Acts, Paul is on a journey to Rome to stand before the emperor and give a defense of his faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible says while on his way to Rome, he and those who are traveling with him are shipwrecked on a little island in the Mediterranean just south of the shores of Sicily called Malta. The Bible says that when they land on Malta after the shipwreck, they come to the seashore and the natives, the Bible says, are unusually kind. Those who are on the land realize that Paul is new and they put on their best face and they make nice with Paul. They become friends with Paul. They are unusually kind. Right. As a matter of fact, they're so kind that they start up a barbecue and begin to build a fire because of the rain to keep those who had come to shore warm. They are kind. They were friends. They were nice. They were gentle. The Bible says that Paul, while he's gathering some wood for the fire, grabs a bundle and a viper or a snake jumps out of the wood and fastens itself on Paul's hand. And it is only when Paul has been bitten that he finds out these folks who are unusually kind can also be unusually cruel. Because sometimes you've got to be bitten to find out who's really on your side. 
The Bible says that Paul has been bitten by a snake and those who were kind and had built a fire and were starting a barbecue, the Bible says that they stood back and watched. Allow me to tell you that these group of folks that Paul had mistaken for friends that turned out to treat him like an enemy, they give us some characteristics of the people you need to be cautious of in your life, that God has given you discernment that these are not people you need. Number one, you got to be careful of people who judge your character based on your condition. Say it again, you got to be careful, church, of folks who judge your character based on your condition. Watch what happened. Paul has been bitten by a snake, and the Bible says that these folk who are unusually kind, they look at Paul and said, he must be a murderer. Now, now how do you get from a snake bite to a murderer? Because life is filled with people who believe they have enough discernment to look at the situation you are in and make an erroneous conclusion about your character and your walk with God, suggesting that you could not be who you claim to be and yet be in the situation that you are in. The danger is that you cannot look at my content and come to a correct conclusion about my character. When I'm going through does not talk about how holy I really am. And you would make a big mistake, church, to look at my struggle and think I'm not right with God. Just because I'm struggling doesn't mean I'm not holy. Just because I'm laid off doesn't mean I'm lazy. Just because I'm a single mother doesn't mean I'm promiscuous. Just because I have a record doesn't mean I'm a criminal. Amen. You gotta be careful of looking at somebody's resume and coming to a premature conclusion of the character of who you think they are. The reason they did not know about Paul and assumed he was a murderer, watch this, is because they didn't know everything else Paul had already been through. Come here, Bible readers. Paul had been shipwrecked and now a snake has bitten him, but Paul has been through much worse than that. Paul had been in prison. Paul had been beaten by rods. Paul has been stoned almost to the point of death. And Paul gives them a, a pass because he recognizes the only reason you judge my character or my condition is because you're ignorant. Now, I'm not calling you a name, but you really don't know everything the Lord has already brought me through. And if you knew what God has already done, there's no way you can look at where I am now and suggest that God is not in my life. And I need some folk in here that ain't ashamed and ain't trying to be cute who know that God has brought me through hell and high water. And nobody can look at your situation and know your relationship with God. Would you look at your neighbor and tell him, don't be ignorant. Come on, get an attitude with it. Say, don't be ignorant. You don't know what the Lord has done for me. You don't know how many storms he's brought me through. You don't know how many bills he's paid. You don't know how many doors he's opened. You don't know how many ways he's made. You don't know how many tears he's dried. When I look at what the Lord has done in my life, there's no doubt in my mind that where I am really doesn't need to be talked about by yes. Paul's been bitten by a snake. And those who are around him are 
just watching to see what's going to happen, and they assume he's a murderer. The Lord says, I don't need people in my life who think from an outside perspective that they can have an internal discernment about my walk with him. You don't know me. No, for real, for real. You don't know me. No, 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 you think I'm reading my script. I'm telling y'all jokers. You don't know me. Yeah, yeah, you know Sunday morning me. You know 11 a.m. me. But you don't know me. You don't know what I've come through. You don't know the reality of my situation. How dare you sit in judgment of my holiness when you don't know what the Lord has already carried me through. And therefore my condition doesn't always reflect my character, period. Yeah. <laughs> that was a problem with Job. He had some frenemies. Bildad, Zophar, and Eliphaz. Job was going through the going through. There were those in his world who tried to look at what he was going through and understand what Job had done. Job said, listen, y'all got to stop looking at where I am. And the only thing you want to know is what I did. So the Lord sends another friend at the end of the book of Job named Elihu. And I heard Elihu shows up and he says, it's not what Job has done, it's what God is up to. Right. Paul stopped and wind back up, flipping every verse in Keisha. Because you might have missed what I said, because what I need in my world are not people who try to understand what I did, but people who begin to encourage me for what the Lord is up to. Yes. Girl, God must be yes. ready to bring you all. God must be doing something for your good. God must be getting ready to turn your situation around. I need somebody with discernment about what God is doing in my life. Don't you dare judge my character because of my condition. But look at what I'm going through and see how God is at work in it. Be careful of people who judge your character based on your condition. Here's the second thing you need to watch out for. Somebody gonna pop up in your mouth when I say this one. Look at here. You won't envision someone when I say this one right here. Be careful of people who let you struggle without support. I knew you was gonna think of somebody in your life. Be careful of people who let you struggle without support. Can we do a little homework for a minute? Because Malta is an island in the Mediterranean Sea. So if there is a snake on the island, the snake did not swim from somewhere else. The snake is indigenous to the island because snakes don't swim long distances in the sea. So the inhabitants have seen this kind of snake before. This ain't the first time somebody's been bitten. You all know that indigenous people have ways of medicinally healing situations that they've dealt with time and time again. Stay with me here. So Paul is bitten. They've seen it before. And the Bible says that after Paul has been bitten, here's what they do. They step back and look at Paul waiting to see what's going to happen next. Now how are you going to start a fire and build a barbecue but when I need you the most all you do is sit back and stare in an amazing greater joy. Have you ever been in a real struggle in your life and you were shocked by who didn't show up? Come on here. Folk who should have been there from the beginning never showed up. 
people who are around one day and disappear the next. Have you ever been in a situation where you were utterly disappointed that somebody who had the ability to help didn't have the desire right. to help? Someone who had the responsibility didn't have the commitment. Someone who should have been by your side didn't stand by your side. Amen. And one of the worst realizations to come to is when you find out that people you thought you could count on won't help you when you need it, they just. Right. Can I make it worse for you? Not, not only did they just watch him, but the Bible says they start talking to one another about him. Lord have mercy. Now, now, not only are you not helping me, but now you're telling everybody else about my situation. So, so now I've got to endure the double insult of not only being betrayed, but now also being rumored on by people I thought would stand with me when my struggle began. One of the greatest things you can do in any struggle you go through. Here it is. The next time you're in a season of suffering. The next time your back is up against the wall and the bottom of your life drops out, here's what I want you to do, church. Grab a pen and paper and take attendance. Uh-huh. And make note of who showed up and who was absent. And you might find out that the people you needed most don't show up. But here's the good news. If you take full attendance roster, when you get down to Jehovah and get down to Jairah, you'll find out that God has been with you all the time. He's a God who will never abandon you. And even when mama ain't there and daddy ain't there and friends aren't there, we serve a God who stands by our Yeah. Now listen, listen, perhaps, perhaps your life is peaches and cream, but some of us been dealing with beans and burritos for a long time. This ain't for everybody, but I need about five people who can be honest. They said there have been times when there was nobody else, nothing else, no one else except the Lord who was on your side of it. Had not been for the Lord who was on my side. Here's some marches order for your church. Don't, don't add another person to your world who does not have the ability to help you when you struggle. Don't let another person in your circle who wants to be a bystander while you carry your burdens alone. Don't you open up your world to another spectator to your struggles. I don't need to add anybody else who, who all they can do is watch. I need folk who when they see me going through the going through, even if they can't loan me money, and even if they can't write me a letter to get out of my situation, and even if they don't know anybody who's got the hookup, at least they can pray for me. At least they can intercede on my behalf. At least they can kneel down before the Lord and call out my name in prayer. Watch out for folk. Watch out for folk who allow you to struggle without support. Folk who judge your character based on your condition. Third group of people you gotta keep your eye on are people who expect you to fail in your future. Right. It's in the text. Watch the Bible, Paul has been bitten. The Bible says, not only did his frenemies not help, but they stood back to watch and see how long 
it's going to take him to die. Because they've seen what he's gone through. And they made the conclusion that the only outcome is he ain't going to make it. He's going to die. Don't you know people in your world like that? Who always expect failure? Come on, you can talk to me here. Do you know people who are infected with negativity? They, they, they can't share any vision, cast any dream. Talk about something you want to do without them predicting your demise and prophesying that it won't work. You can't succeed. You didn't come from the right place. You don't have the right background. You don't have the right resources, girl. You crazy, brother. You out of your mind. And uh, life will surround you with people who will expect you to fail. I need some encouragers in my world who have enough faith in God to believe that if God's in it, it's going to work. If God's hand is on it, it's going to be successful. If the Lord hears my prayer, the Lord will make a way. Somehow the Bible says they sat down and watched to see if he was going to die. Now watch. Watch what Paul does. And I want to make sure you catch this. This is deep right here. This is the first time I've ever seen it. He's been bitten by a snake. And in order to survive the snake bite, he's got to put his hand in the fire. You missed it. He survived the bite. But to get the snake off, he's got to put his hand in the fire. Oh, okay, let me say it again for the people in the back. He's been bitten by a snake. And in order to get the snake off, He's got to put his hand in the pot. Now here's the question. Which one hurt more? The bite or the burn? I, I, I don't know the answer to that question, but here's what I know. He can do it both. And the testimony of Paul is that with the Lord in my life, not only can I endure the bite, but I can live through the burn. No matter what comes my way, God has given me Somebody, because 
because you're on the verge of cussing somebody out. Yeah. You're on the verge of slapping somebody on GP. You're on the verge of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I come back to tell you, you ain't got to say nothing. You ain't got to do nothing. All you got to do is show up. And the very fact that you're alive, the fact that you've got joy, the fact that you're in your right mind, the fact that the Lord is on your side is a sign that God's working in your life. All you gotta do is show up. And the Bible says that when he kept showing up, they made the assumption that he was a God. I know Brother Paul did the same thing we would have done. I'm not here because I'm a God. I'm sure he said I'm here this morning because I serve a God. I serve a God who keeps me from hurt, harm, and danger. I serve a God who answers my feeble prayer. I serve a God who makes a way out of no way. I serve a God who opens doors I can't see. I serve a God who walks with me and talks with me and tells me I'm his own. Be careful, church. Oh, my brother and sister, ask God to deliver you from your frenemy. God, deliver me from my frenemies. Help me to be careful of people who characterize me based on my condition. Help me to watch out folk who don't support me in the struggle. And God, give me strength to run from those who expect me to fail. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Stand all over your feet.